Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. In this episode, I talk to Abby Adams-Orm, Staff Engagement Manager for The Trust, about what staff engagement is, how it can help make you better at your job, and why it sometimes can be difficult to engage with everyone. Hi, I'm Abby Adams-Orm. I'm the Staff Engagement and Communications Manager at NCHNC. Tell us in a nutshell, what is staff engagement? Yeah, staff engagement. It can sound like a really vague term, but it does have a specific definition. NHS employers has a definition of staff engagement, which is a measure of employees' emotional attachment to their job, colleagues and organisation which profoundly influences their experience at work and their willingness to learn and perform. But really, in a nutshell, it's all about staff thinking and acting in a positive way about what they do and the organisation that they work for. That's interesting. Emotional attachment. Because some people would say you're not traditionally emotionally attached to your job. Like I know a lot of people who go to work, they get the job done, they go home. So what does that look like? What is an emotional attachment to your job? And I think that's fine. Some people will just come to work, do their job and go. And then you'll have other people who will get involved in what I say, the extracurricular activities. But that doesn't mean you're any less engaged, because if you think we're doing a good job or you're proud of the organisation, you'll probably recommend us as a place to work or as a place to receive care, which is showing that you're engaged with what we're doing. Got you. So it's a combination of being engaged with your job yourself and also being proud of your work? I think it's both. I think it's that united belief in what the organisation stands for. I think if we all come to work and we believe that we're here to give the best care to our patients, we're an engaged workforce because we're all working towards the united goal. And what we kind of do in between might alter the way you're engaged or alter your experience at work but as long as we're all driving towards that one common goal that's engagement. Okay so if everyone is engaged how does that make them behave differently at work? No matter your role whether you're in clinical services support services we are here to deliver the trust vision which is to improve the quality of people's lives in their homes and community by providing the best in integrated health and social care. That's really in the basic terms of why we're here. But the quality of the care that our patients receive depends first and foremost on the skill and dedication of our staff. So engaged staff who are committed to their organisation, who are engaged in their role, they're involved in their role, They're more likely to collaborate effectively with others. They're more likely to take initiative. They go the extra mile and they're more inspired to be the best people they can be at work. But I think it's it's not just good for the trust. That's not kind of why we harp on about it. It's not because it's just good for us. It is really good for individuals too. Satisfied staff are happier, they're healthier in work and their personal lives. But like if there was someone in your team who, who just came in, got the job done and went home again, and you yourself were really engaged and, and felt like you were participating in everything and, you know, really had your sort of finger on the pulse with the organisation. But this other person didn't. Would that have an effect on the team? I think it would. I think there are different levels of engagement. So I don't think everybody will have the same work experience. It's about what is making the most for you. 
I do think it is a collaborative thing. I do think each team needs to be kind of engaged, but sometimes that is where it might fall more on managers to be more engaged, because if you notice staff who aren't reading the weekly comms or don't seem to know what's going on, they might miss policy updates, things that could really affect the safety. That was where we would kind of rely on managers to be that kind of in between of picking out the things that they know are relevant to their staff and passing them on maybe in a more digestible way, be that team huddles or one to ones. So I do think there's a bit of effort both ways on engagement. If you yourself know you're an engaged person and you're seeing that someone's not reading things, they're not keeping up with things, pass the knowledge on, because then I think they'll kind of do, maybe they'll do so with you as well on something that you might not have picked up that might not have necessarily been in a weekly message, for instance, but something they might have seen with a patient. And it creates that kind of collaborative working. That's a nice way of looking at it. So rather than kind of jumping on someone, because you can't force somebody to be engaged with the the organisation, it's something that you would want people to want to do. Maybe somebody who isn't engaged, why would it benefit them to become engaged? I think, well, there's overwhelming evidence that shows engaged staff deliver better care. And there's evidence in studies that show that engaged staff are more likely to have emotional resources to show empathy, to show compassion. So trusts who have more engaged staff have higher patient satisfaction. So it makes you better at your job. It makes you a better carer. It helps you deliver kind of a better service. So really, it kind of benefits everybody. Which in turn would be good for your well-being, your mental health. Good for your well-being, good for your mental health. You might miss out on things that would enrich your working experience on kind of well-being resources or training that helps develop you or just a, a staff network where you might be able to make connections with staff across the trust who have similar backgrounds to you. You could be missing out on all of these things. It makes sense, doesn't it? Because we're at work more than we're at home. Not so much physically anymore, I suppose. I mean, you know, with working from home a lot, but your interactions are with your colleagues and your patients, you know, more than your family sometimes, if, if you work five days a week, certainly. Absolutely. We spend so much time at work and work can be such a big part of your life that it it almost seems silly to not want to get the most out of it. If you've had a bad day at work or you're not enjoying your job, you're going to come home and that's going to impact your personal life as well. That's going to impact the relationship and interactions you have with your families, with your friends. So how can you measure staff engagement? How, I mean, do you know how many of our staff are engaged in inverted commas? So I think that's always quite interesting. It's a case of we know it when we see it. So we've all been in meetings where you you really feel an energy, where everyone's working towards the same goal. As I said, we've got that unified belief of what the organisation stands for. So we feel engagement when it's happening. So to me, kind of good engagement is staff having that desire to improve the way things are done at the trust. So, for instance, this could be staff taking ownership of improving the quality and safety of patient care. So we have things like our quality champions programme. We encourage staff to highlight poor practice by our Freedom to Speak Up programme. It could be trying to improve things by giving constant feedback, either informally or via regular staff surveys we run or idea workshops we run. Um, you'd want staff to be working collaboratively and work looking for kind of new innovations. We'd want to see evidence of cross-functional teamwork. So engaged staff would be advocates for the trust. And you can kind of see that when it's happening. And I know you said kind of how do we measure it? 
Um, and on a more practical note, we can measure staff engagement. We do have an, a staff engagement score, and this is calculated from responses in our staff surveys, including our annual NHS staff survey and the quarterly pulse surveys. So staff engagement for every NHS trust is measured across three key components, um, which is involvement, advocacy and motivation. So our staff engagement score for NCHNC has been steadily improving since 2016. You've got to kind of keep in mind our geography. Being a community trust, we do have those difficulties. We're not kind of like our say colleagues at acute hospitals where they're all under one roof, we have to make sure the information gets far and wide. So sometimes we do try and be quite varied and creative with our information. Absolutely. And it's that, like we said, you're not going to be penalised for not getting involved in something. It's it's You've got to see the benefit of getting involved and being engaged. Like you've said, you know, that, that trust-wide staff engagement is benefits the patients at the end of the day. I think the only time a problem occurs is if someone feels so disengaged that it could become a risk or a safety issue. If staff aren't collaborating with one another or talking to one another and that's having a negative impact on a service or a patient or a, you're not kind of keeping up to date with policies or what's going on or just not kind of treating one another with that civility and respect that we try and put through the trust, I think that's when it can become damaging and that's when not being engaged becomes a risk. I suppose that's for line managers, isn't it, really, to, to to kind of spot and be on top of? Line managers, peers, anyone you kind of interact with, I think if you see people acting in a way that just goes against our values, I think that's worth a challenge. And I don't mean kind of challenging that person directly there and then. It could be kind of speaking to their manager or speaking to their team. Because if it feels out of character for somebody, that could be because they're going through something and it's kind of coming out in in a strange way that makes them feel more kind of disinterested than they normally would and I don't think the time is to then kind of go on the attack it's to kind of find what those underlying causes are and see if there's stresses and that's where especially as a, a staff member who maybe is engaged if you know about resources we have for instance crisis numbers and well-being information when you kind of notice that behavior in other people you're already equipped to help you don't need to then go looking for things so we can all help one another it's not kind of the responsibility of any one person that's such a good point I mean well-being and staff engagement go hand in hand don't they so if you and like you say if you're clued up on what the trust offers then you can be a supportive ear you don't even need to have signed up to be a mental health first aider you just need to know where to look on the internet to find those resources that that's still engagement it's really interesting you said about um you know they might be going through something if it was seemingly not engaged or if it's out of character I think that's really important to remember isn't it you know especially with surveys as well you know sometimes a survey can land in your inbox at a time when you're stressed and you don't feel maybe the way that you felt three months ago so mm -hmm. I suppose that's why it's so important isn't it to do those temperature checks regularly because feelings can change and circumstances can change and it's important to capture things at all throughout the year and not just at particular times of the year? Exactly that. The annual NHS staff survey has obviously been going on for many years now and it's a really great way to kind of see how our trust is performing, see how our staff are feeling. 
but as you say we get that kind of on an annual basis and a lot can change in a year a lot can change in a day and I think that's where things like the quarterly pulse surveys are going to be really helpful getting that kind of intermittent update throughout the year of how staff are feeling and what would make the biggest difference at that time helps us to be a bit more reactive or proactive in what's coming and then measure it annually rather than kind of being informed about it annually so I definitely think those things help and and that's our, I'm talking when we're talking about surveys that's the most formal form of feedback that we kind of put out but actually this is where one-to-ones and kind of manager interaction and team updates are really helpful because that can be providing feedback on a kind of really consistent and continual basis um, if you see things in practice that you don't think are very good or they could be a risk they need to come up you don't you don't wait for a survey to kind of raise a query like that you want to be telling your manager straight away or telling your peers straight away or if you have really deep concerns we obviously have freedom to speak up it's any kind of ways to give feedback is really important you don't kind of have to wait for those formal invitations I think if you see something you want to feedback on good or bad you you should do it Absolutely. I think you're right. And I mean, I, I think that happens. Do you feel like that happens in the trust that we get good feedback? I think that happens. I think more than many trusts, we have a really open and honest culture here that has to be led from from the top. So that's um, kind of looking at our exec team who kind of cultivate that kind of culture. We can't have a blame culture. You see, we've seen in the news when NHS um, trusts go in the news for really damaging stories it's because staff are scared to raise things and people people know these bad things are happening and no one knows where to go I don't think we have that here um it's not something I see I see a lot of honesty people raise things continuously I think it's very open we don't blame people we just want to make sure we're giving the best service no one gets into the NHS because they don't care about people. That's kind of what we probably all have in common is that we want to do a job that makes a difference and has an impact and helps people. And if you're not getting that from the organisation's values or culture, how are you as an individual going to perform that way? So it has to it has to come from everybody throughout the trust. Otherwise, the people who do join our trust really engaged and wanting to make a difference are going to get very disillusioned very quickly if they're not feeling that from everybody. There are pockets. I'm not trying to say that everything around the trust is perfect. I think that would be um, kind of disingenuous to do that. There are definitely pockets of places around the trust, again, because we're so kind of vast. It is sometimes those pockets of teams can be hidden sometimes. So there are challenges. And I know there are kind of teams where maybe engagement's not as high or that kind of that kind of ethos isn't running through there but as a trust kind of in general it definitely is but there's more to do to kind of make sure that's that's what everybody's experience is. So what are your next steps what is the more to do? So over the last couple of years we've actually been working really hard to make engagement more localised so I think um, a couple of years ago when the role of staff engagement manager was introduced, it was a new role. It was a relatively new role for the NHS. So it had a very broad focus on the trust as a whole, which was fantastic. That really showed for our, um, our survey results that really showed from improvements. 
but then the next step on that is really getting into those local teams. Um, so we do have a staff engagement steering group who are kind of responsible for driving those initiatives. Again, I know I have the title, but I promise you it's not me on my own doing all of this. Um, we do have a team. But we have staff engagement, um, we call them associates in the steering group who represent each place or service area and they really champion staff engagement at a local level. So that's kind of our focus that's been coming for the last year and it's something we're going to continue to see what we can do to really, as you say, get into those pockets of geography where we know it's maybe not performing as well as other teams or just trying to understand why, why there's differences really. So for anyone listening to this thinking, oh, no, I'm not engaged. They're coming for me. <laughs> That's not what this is, is it? It's about, you know, it's about understanding why. Because when, you know, you've just explained all of our values and our vision and, and that feeling that runs through the trust, that culture that we are cultivating. And so, you know, if somebody doesn't feel that, we just want to understand why. Because why wouldn't you want to get involved in all of that? Exactly. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not coming for people. My actual hope is that some people might listen to this and kind of realise, oh my God, I am an engaged staff member. And I didn't realise because they can relate to many of the things I've talked about, or they were aware of some of the initiatives we've kind of mentioned in conversation. It might make people kind of go, oh, I was more engaged than I thought. And for those that are sitting there thinking, maybe there is more I can do, I think there are really simple steps to kind of improve your engagement if that's something you are kind of looking to do, if this podcast kind of inspires you to do that. I think having regular one-to-ones with your manager is so important. And I know that's been tough the last couple of years because of the strain that have been put on our services, but it really can't be underestimated. You learn so much about your team, about kind of your team goals, the trust goals, what's going on just in those one-to-ones. You can really identify where people are struggling or where workloads could maybe be more efficient. So if that's not happening in the first instance, I think that's the first thing to look at is making sure you're having those regular team check-ins. And then I think if you just want to make kind of small steps to become more engaged, reading the kind of regular communications is a really good step doesn't mean you have to read the whole thing. If you just want to read two, three articles that matter to you, that's great. The roundup on a Friday is also really good because it's kind of cherry picked a few bits of information that you really need to know, even if you could just read that. Um, If you've got social media, obviously a lot of us, myself included, in our personal lives, will sit there and kind of flick through social media. The trust has its own account. So if you wanted to follow along, you might just kind of absorb that information a bit more in your own time a bit more casually and I think our social media messages they're a lot more informal there's some really great good news stories that don't always make their way to the kind of more formal communication so you often would learn think more things about kind of what other teams are doing and colleagues so it doesn't have to be kind of big steps to be an engaged member of staff if you just want to start on those small steps of having regular meetings with your team and your manager and reading the comms that are of interest to you when they come through. That's amazing. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.